I am Grandpa, and I love you. I'm Grandma, and I love you too. Welcome to our podcast, Grandpa and Grandma Bedtime Stories. We share some stories that will make you laugh. We share stories that might make you cry. And we share stories that will give you courage to choose the right. And these bedtime stories will help you to dream sweet dreams. So get on your pajamas and say your prayers. Turn out the light and hear our story tonight. Good evening. This is Grandpa Edward Jeffrey Hill, and I'm so excited about tonight's bedtime story. This story was suggested by Aunt Emily Ray Hill Wright. I hope from this tale you learn how satisfying it is to make a difference, especially when what you do makes the difference in a happy, positive way. Growing up, I absolutely loved basketball. I practiced and practiced and practiced on our basketball standard that Dad had put up on our paddle tennis court in the backyard of our home in Santa Cruz, California. This home overlooked Monterey Bay, and it was heaven to me as I was growing up. By the way, my dad bought the house at 151 Carroll Avenue in 1957 for $17,000 and sold it in 1965 for $34,000. It is now worth more than $1 million. In those days, I was a devoted fan of the San Francisco Warriors. This was right after the team moved from Philadelphia and before they became the Golden State Warriors. They were the San Francisco Warriors, and they played in the Cow Palace in San Francisco. As I thought about the Cow Palace, I sometimes wondered if there might be a queen cow that watched all the games there, and I wished I were her. I listened to almost every single San Francisco Warrior game on the radio. When the Warriors won, I was so happy. But when the Warriors lost, I was so sad. That was kind of silly because it was just a game. In the 1963-1964 season, I was happy most of the time because the San Francisco Warriors, with their superstar Wilt Chamberlain, won the NBA Western Division and earned the right to play the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals. In between games on the radio, I practiced my basketball on our basketball court. I was only 10 years old, but I already knew I would not be very tall. And you need to be tall to be in the NBA. But my favorite person on the Warriors was playmaker Guy Rogers, who was listed at 6 foot 0 inches on the roster. But some said he was really only 5'10", and they just listed him at six foot so he wouldn't seem so small. I thought, I could grow to be 5'10", and so I could still make it to the NBA. And I was almost right about the height, not about going to the NBA. I did grow up to be 5'9", so close to 5'10". I practiced and practiced and dreamed of being a playmaker guard for the San Francisco Warriors. The Warriors lost to the Celtics four games to one, and I was devastated. I was just sad. And soon I thought, you know what? The Warriors lost that game, 
That's serious, and I'm probably never going to be in the NBA. But I could play basketball, and I could try out for my junior high school basketball team in a few years. So I tried out for that team. At tryouts, I was shocked that so many boys were so much better than I was at basketball. Heck, I had been practicing for years, and they were so good. That said, I still tried really hard, and I did make the team. Though I was on the team, I rarely played in any games. But I did play hard during practice, and my coach liked that. My job was always to be like the team we were going to play the next week. I learned how to guard people really well and how to steal the ball. When there was a loose ball, I would dive for it with reckless abandon. That wasn't always the best thing to do in just a practice. One time there was a loose ball and I dived for it with reckless abandon, but landed not on the ball but on our starting guard, Jim Sharp. I broke his collarbone. He was out for the rest of the season. But I still didn't make the first string team. By the way, I met Jim Sharp last summer at our 50th year high school reunion. He still remembers the time I broke his collarbone. Okay, now let's jump forward about three years when I played for the Washington High School Patriots. This story is all about what happened when we played the Rogers High School Rams at their school during Christmas break in December of 1969. Washington High School was a brand new school. It had just started the year before. So our team consisted of just sophomores and juniors because we had no seniors. But we still had our three teams. We had a sophomore team, a junior varsity team, and a varsity team. That was good for me because it enabled me to play a little bit more time in games. As a junior, I got to play two or three quarters in the junior varsity game. And then I got to sit on the bench during the varsity game. Technically, I was on the varsity team and could play, but I rarely did. To tell you the truth, the only time I played on the varsity team was if we were ahead by 20 points late in the fourth quarter. To that point, I had played only about three or four minutes of total time on the varsity team. Our game against the Rogers Rams was so exciting. They had been ahead by 15 points late in the third quarter, but then we rallied. We started stealing the ball and making most of our shots. It took almost a quarter, but with one minute left in the game, we were only behind by one. The score was 54. To 55. Then they missed the shot. Randy Hester got the rebound, passed it quickly to Hans Woldseth, who drove to the corner. Then Hans passed it to Wayne Corsmo, our all-league center, who powered to the hoop and dunked it. I still remember that as if it was yesterday. We were finally ahead. We were now ahead 56 to 55. This was such an exciting game to watch. I couldn't believe it. We were beating the Rogers Rams, who had four seniors in the starting lineup. We had only juniors, and we were still beating them. 
on the next time down the floor, the Rogers guard, I don't know his name, took a shot and missed. Yay! But then we heard a whistle. Oh, no. The ref called a foul on Randy. That was no foul. We started to boo, but our coach, Bob Ross, shushed us. Just focus on playing, not on the refs, he said. That's really good advice. I think we complain about refs too much. They had two free throws. I thought, please miss these free throws. I actually prayed that they would miss the shots. But that wasn't a wise prayer. You shouldn't pray that someone else does poorly. You should only pray that you can do your best. Well, the Rogers player made both of the foul shots. Now we were down 56 to 57 with about 49 seconds left in the game. We needed to make the next shot. We took the ball out of bounds. Out from seemingly nowhere, one of the Rogers players almost intercepted the ball and then died for it. I wanted to be in there diving for it too. But of course, I was on the bench where I knew I would stay the rest of the game. Hans dove for the ball too. They fought for it, and then the ball squirted out of bounds. Hans touched it last. Oh, no. Now we were behind by one, 56 to 57, and they had the ball out of bounds with 45 seconds left in the game. Our coach, Ross, quickly called timeout. We all got in the huddle. I was excited to see what he might have planned. As Coach Ross looked at all the players, he stopped at me. He got a twinkle in his eyes and shouted, Hill, check in for Woldseth. What did he say? He couldn't have said it. Could he possibly be putting me in the game when the game wasn't over yet? Indeed he was, because then he got right in my face and said, Hill, you know how you always play so hard in practice and steal the ball? That's what I want you to do right now, but with even more energy. Be like a jackrabbit. I am putting you in, and I want you to go in there and steal the ball. I don't care where you are on the floor. You're not guarding a person. Your job is to steal the ball. And when you steal the ball, don't do anything else except call timeout. Don't dribble the ball. Don't pass it. And please, please, don't shoot the ball. Just call timeout, Jeff. I know you can do this. Wow. He called me by my first name. He had confidence in me. Everybody in the huddle put their hands in and said, One, two, three, Patriots, let's go! I couldn't believe I was in the game. I scanned the court. I looked into the eyes of the Rogers player who was taking the ball out of bounds. When I looked into his eyes, I just knew where he was going to throw it. There was another player running up from our baseline. I knew he was going to throw it to him. I didn't know if this was intuition or revelation, but I knew it just as much as I knew my own name. I hung back a little, and then with perfect timing, I darted in front of the upcoming Rogers player and stole the ball. There was a clear path to the basket. I could make a layup and be a hero. But I remember what my coach had said. 
I was a little off balance, and so I had to dribble for about two seconds. But then I held the ball in one hand while making a tee with the other hand. The ref blew the whistle. Time out. I had done something good when it mattered. I was so excited. I had made a difference. Everyone slapped me on the back. I was only in the game for four seconds, but I made a difference. Then Coach Ross barked, Ruff, Ruff. No, he didn't really bark, but he shouted, Woldseth, you're back in the game for Hill. Now Coach Ross called a play. Everyone expected the ball would go to Corsmo or Woldseth, but he made up a play to go to Randy Hester. Hans took the ball calmly down the floor with 10 seconds left. He passed it to Corsmo, who had three people guarding him this time. With five seconds left, he passed it out to Randy, who took the shot with two seconds left. It swished, and we all jumped in the air and celebrated. We had won the game at the buzzer 58 to 57. In my whole high school career, This was the only time I was in a varsity basketball game when it mattered. And I was only in the game for four seconds. But I made a difference that day. I contributed to our team winning an exciting game. And now, 52 years later, I still remember those four seconds and that I made a difference. And those four seconds makes me happy about my high school basketball career. Well, that's the end of my story. I hope each of you can find ways to make a difference, not only in sports, but in life. When you make a difference in a positive way, you will claim joy. Well, sweet dreams, and may you always make a difference in positive ways. We hope you enjoyed tonight's bedtime story. We hope you felt our love for you. And we hope you will have sweet dreams tonight. We love you so much.